On today's podcast, we talk about how to make your body more resilient to stress. Unfortunately, in today's world, stress is inevitable. We have it everywhere and anywhere, and sometimes you cannot remove those stressors. So the first step, be aware of them, figure out what you can and cannot control, and then we give you some tips to help make the body more resilient to it. Live your life within the moment, moment. And don't go wait until the morning, morning. You never know when it is over, over. All that I know is Happy Monday, everyone. It is Monday in January in Chicago. Probably freezing cold. Probably. I just finished a walk outside and it was cold and wet, which is definitely my least favorite type of weather. Yeah, I would. I don't care about the rain. Arden and I were talking about this. He's like, I don't know like, why you don't care. I'm like, I just put my hood up. I just put you know everything on, like my gloves and everything. I care more so about it just being extremely cold. I don't even care about... I, I would prefer snow over rain. That is how I am. But not the slushy snow. because that's No, the, the definitely snow. not. Yeah. Definitely not. I'm trying to actually... So I realized <laughs> this weekend that I don't have my driver's license. You realized this like two weeks ago. It was like was Christmas it? time. Yeah, you text me. Okay, it's been far too long. I, I haven't been able to get to the DMV during the holidays. Like, it's been so oh, yeah. out of control busy. But Taylor, I'm blaming Taylor. She definitely lost my license. Because Taylor, and okay, maybe it's my fault that I, like, give her my wallet to play with sometimes when we're at the grocery store. It occupies her. But it occupies her. And, like, I have no idea how she got my, I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Because if it's in that little Because it, it's hard to get out of yeah. that thing. So, like, I know she didn't get it out of there. So, I don't know what happened. I even asked Target when I was there last weekend. I was like, do you guys have a lost and found for driver's licenses? We do. In the vault. <laughs> it's a high possibility. I lost it here. <laughs> I spent so much time here anyways. Um, so now I need to go to the DMV because the stupid online government Illinois website should be able to send me a replacement because I literally just got a new ID. But there does, they can't find it in the system. Oh, man. And that's a pain in the butt because the DMV takes hours no, usually. And like the one that's the best one around us is like 20 minutes away. Mm-hmm. So I have to take, you know, part of my work day to go there. <sighs> so stressful. Which is- and, you know, first world problems, but it's irritating. <laughs> it's irritating to me. My problems right now is I have to, and I think that it'll be fine. I got to go back to the shooting range and get a reprint of certificate for my research for my concealed carry. And so I was like, I got a letter <laughs> Illinois State Police. And I was like, he goes, oh, it's probably just, you know, the renewal. And I'm like, well, I hope so. I was like, I really hope that I didn't get like a ticket in the mail or like the red light. But now we don't have the red light cameras anymore. You get a warning. Mm. And then I think on your second or third or whatever, you would get like an actual ticket. I guess. I don't know. I haven't had one in like a really long time, but I was just like, thank God it's not another bill. Nick and I both have gotten, he just texted me today, actually a picture. He got a jury duty like notice. No, I got one a couple weeks ago and I filled out the information online and I was like, I'm just going to try to sound like I'm racist or something. I don't know. I don't. I hate going to do <laughs> Being the daughter of a lawyer, I think that they're automatically like excludes you um, from that sometimes. So I'm a small business owner? No, I don't know. Like for me, like because my dad was a lawyer, like I think mm. that there's like some sort of also like you could be like biased or something. I don't yeah. know. Um, but I, I was reading that. about that and I was like, oh, this doesn't make sense. I can I mean, see that. he just said like wrongful death, liability, car accidents, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So anyways, you know, all very reasonable things to talk about right now on the podcast. Anyways, well, because we're talking about how to become more resilient to stress. Yes. Today. This has been a journey I've been on the past like year and a half because I have decided that in the phase of life that we are in and given the things that I love to do, like 
very heavy lifting and like being really fit and strong. Mm -hmm. And I have two small children. Like that's a hard phase to be in. That's a phase where there's a lot of stress on the body. Just in, I mean, like you can't, you can't escape it. That's the thing. And that's why we're going to talk about not how to remove stress. Like, yes, we're going to talk a little bit about that, but I hate when people are like, just remove your stressors. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm not going to get rid of my kids. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not going to remove the things that I really, really love forever in terms of like lifting and, you know, moving my body. Well, then you Um, stress about not being able to do the things that you love. Exactly. And so we want to talk about how to make you more bulletproof, how to make you more resilient to that stress, because there are some phases of life where like it just is bound to happen and you need to know how to get through those times and so you don't turn into a dumpster fire. Yeah. So we're going to talk really briefly just about four categories. So you guys can bump this into, you know, understanding what we're talking about today. So four categories of stress. So we have physical stressors, right? This could be injury, trauma, infection, surgery, illnesses, viral, bacterial, things like that. Intense physical activity. Um, it could also be things like uh, heavy metals or toxins that you're exposed to every day. Those are putting stressors on your body, dietary stressors, right? Nutritional deficiencies, eating things that you are sensitive to or that you know cause you uh, to react and cause inflammation in the body. So those all can be chalked up under physical stress. Then we're going to look at physiological stress. So emotional stressors, right? You resent somebody, you're in an argument with somebody, you're afraid of something, right? You're frustrated, you're sad, you're angry. Something is happening, you know, at work and it's really stressing you out. Um, It could also be that you are causing a lot of stress on yourself because you are self-criticizing. You know, you are a perfectionist and so you never let things go and you, you work your way into feeling like, anxiety or panicky, right? Um, And then it can also be perceptual stressors here too, in terms of physiological stress. So like your beliefs, your roles, the stories you tell yourselves, your attitude uh, about the world views, things like that. Then we look at psychosocial stress. So your relationships, uh, if there's marriage difficulties, whether it, you know, is your partner or your, um, you know, spouse or something along those lines. Uh, It could also be other things related to your family, siblings, children, coworkers, employers, but, you know, not feeling like you have the support of people in your corner um, and feeling maybe more isolated, right? Yeah. That, that yeah. things are just not. Um, I would think like mental, emotional kind of covers those, you know? Yep. Physical, then, mental, emotional. And then I'm sure I know what you're going to say next. Um, so psychospiritual is another one here. And so this is, I think this is very interesting because I actually know several people who have gone through these phases of life, but it's basically a crisis of values, uh, meaning or purpose. So joyless striving, basically. Um, people who struggle to feel like they are fulfilled or that their work is meaningful um, could also be empty nexters, right? Trying mm-hmm. to figure out what is the next uh, phase of life or just that they're in a season where there's a misalignment with their spiritual beliefs um, and their core values and kind of how they're showing up. So just before we dive into this, we're not talking about physical stress in isolation here, right? Mm -mm. With workouts or food. We're talking about, you know, think about all four of these categories in your life and, you know, what is the thing that is driving the most stress for you? Where do you feel, you know, the biggest burden is? Yeah. Sometimes we'll group these into like physical being that, Mm -hmm. what Liz just talked about, the mental, emotional kind of covering those next three she talked about. And then I want to, and I think you kind of talked about this in physical, but biochemical. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, what our environment, Mm -hmm. the heavy met, like those types of things, heavy metals, things that also are maybe inside your body that you, you know, don't think about cause stress on the body because anything foreign to the body is going to cause stress to it. So, you know, they might not be inherently bad, but it's just another thing 
basically. If there's already stress, for example, like breast implants are supposed to be taken out and replaced every 10 years, you know, mercury or metal fillings. If you had dental work done and you have mercury or metal fillings, like that there is belief and there's a lot of evidence that's coming out. And I'd love, I, I want doctors or dentists to become more and more like aware of this, the, the bacteria that can start to accumulate around those fillings and cause infections, long-term infections for people. Um, you know, food intolerances that people are unaware of. That's why we use the MRT test because it's basically a test of inflammation. What's, what are you consuming that you may not even know because you're not having diarrhea or bloating from it, but it's causing systemic inflammation for you. People that have had gastric bypass or have mesh in their stomach, that's a foreign object. So there's, there's all these things, even tattoos. I mean, you know, the immune system is not as active on the skin as it is internally, but anything that is foreign to your body is adding to your stressors on your body. So a lot of people think of stress as mental, emotional. It is not just mental, emotional. Yeah. And I would even add here like IUDs. So yep. I had an IUD for a few years. Um, and I know several people who've had to get them surgically removed, right? Because your mm -hmm. body doesn't see it as you exactly. know, safe essentially. And so thinking about all of those things, it can be a little bit overwhelming, yep. um, but hopefully we're going to break it down for you guys today in a way that you can think about, you know, first and foremost, I would think of, you can't get rid of a lot of these stressors, but you can become better and more resilient to handling them. Right. And so what is it in your day to day that, you know, you could improve. And I think Beck and I talked about this a couple of podcasts ago. I don't know. We, we batch record. So I don't remember which one it's on, but it was towards the end of the year. And we we're talking about what are some things that we know we could do better. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, like that was one of my big goals in 2023 is diversifying my intake, looking at how many more things that I can add to my diet to bring more good in. And that can be a way that you can become more resilient, mm -hmm. you know, um, to stress. Because essentially, if I'm adding more of the good, I'm also pushing out things that I wouldn't even say are necessarily air quote here like bad, but I'm trying to be better at less processed things. Like I'm not doing protein bars as much. I'm not doing, you know, um, like my gluten-free waffles. I used to do those mm -hmm. two almost every day and I'm trying to swap those things yep. out too, right? To have, um, you know, just more one ingredient whole foods. And so it's, it's one of those things where we want you just to think about today as we go into this, what are the things that you could start to evaluate and start to work on shifting? It won't be perfect overnight. Once you get past the day, look at your week, evaluate, you know, what is the day of the week or the time that I feel the most stressed and how can I get ahead of that? We talk about this a lot in terms of triggers. If you're somebody who says by 4.30 on Friday afternoon, all I want to do is open the bottle of wine or, you know, Saturday night, like I know is a big trigger for us if we go out to eat. Okay. Then we need to get ahead of that, right? You need to put plans in place ahead of time to make sure that you either have a buffer there or you have an alternative activity that you can be doing to keep you, you know, away from those situations. Yeah, absolutely. And I think food's a great one to start with here. And mm -hmm. so why is food important? And there's a couple reasons here. I think one is when your body is under stress, what is, what is it using more of? It's using more minerals. It's using more nutrients. It's using more vitamins, electrolytes. Your body basically burns through those things faster when it is under stress because it's trying to compensate, right? Like our bodies are amazing beings that are always trying to adapt us back to a homeostasis. So if you're doing things or if there's things maybe infecting your body like bacterial infections, viruses, things like that that you may be unaware of, parasites, whatever, that are causing this stress, your body's going to use all of its resources it can to pull you back to homeostasis. But if you are not giving it those resources in adequate amounts, in the right types, what is it going to use? It can't. So what does it start to do? It starts to break down your body 
to get you those resources it needs. And we don't want to be in that catabolic state. And so, like Liz was saying, she's trying to diversify nutrients. Why? Because antioxidants, phytonutrients, all of these beautiful, bright-colored foods that provide us those things can battle the oxidative stress that occurs when you are dealing with infections and when you are overtraining. Because guess what? There is a very cool, um, there's been a bunch of studies around training, exercise, but there's kind of a J-curve to training and health benefits in terms of you know, when you go from sedentary to training, you see a huge health benefit. But then when you go to overtraining, you start to actually see a decline in long-term health and kind of like longevity per se. Be, and I think, you know, my theory is because of the oxidative stress that overtraining can cause on the body, um, it puts a lot of stress. So basically when your body has to break down constantly mm-hmm. when you are training and repair itself, that, pre- that creates a lot of oxidative stress, which is pretty damaging to the body. I mean, like oxidation is kind of what cancer can develop from. And so we need the things that battle that oxidation, those antioxidants, those bright colors, those vegetables, those fruits, those lean proteins, all of those things are very beneficial. And so food being the biggest input to our body on a daily basis, like you encounter food more than you encounter anything. Everyone focuses on supplements, collagen, all the BS, but like, what are you literally eating all day, every day? Food. Your control over that. So control what you can control here. Yeah. Well, and I think when you look at training too, like thinking about your food around your training, you know, what can you do to help get you back into that um, anabolic state? Protein and carbs is what we always talk about pre and post workout, right? Depending upon what you're doing and things like that. And then managing the amount of training and the volume and the intensity of it. And I think we look at like overreaching, for example. So um, there's two classifications when it look when we look at like too much exercise, overreaching and overtraining. And a lot of people will say like, oh, do you think this is too much? And I think the devil's in the dose, first and foremost. I think two, this is very bio-individual. Yeah. And I think three, you have to have a filter yourself to know when to scale back. So for example, the day that we're recording this, it's day two of 75 hard. We haven't slept great the last couple of nights with a toddler in the bed. So what I'm doing is more bodybuilding style workouts and then walking rather than going to my CrossFit classes. I'm like, I'll get back there you know, later this week when I feel better, but by no means I'm going to go in and do an intense workout after I've not slept well. And so I think you can still do the move Movement, but you need to be smart with this. And then again, as Becca's saying, like fill the gaps, um, you know, with your food, but overreaching, we're going to, you know, classify these two overreaching is muscle soreness above and beyond what you would typically experience. Um, and basically this occurs when you're not sufficiently recovered between your workouts. Um, Mark Anthony used to always talk about, um, you never fully benefit from your workout until you recover. And I love that saying because so many people forget that rest and recovery are just as important as your actual workouts. When we look at overtraining, this is when somebody just straight up ignores the signs that they're overreaching and they continue to train. So, you know, I think there's a level of soreness, especially if someone's just getting into, um, you know, exercise or they're just getting back into exercise or they've changed their training. Absolutely. There can be, you know, a period of time here where you feel a little bit sore. You can tell you worked that part of your body. And I think there's normalcy to this, but a lot of people cross the line when they're extremely sore and they just keep going back for more. Well, it's on my program. I have to do it, right? And this it's only going to continue to break your body down further and further. So that's something for you guys to to consider. And again, we're not saying that movement daily is bad by any means. What we're saying is that 
you might need to take some time to really make sure that your recovery is dialed in. And you can do this through a period of ways, right? Like you can do Epsom salt baths, cold showers, cold therapy, you do sauna, you can do yoga, stretching. There's a variety of things that you can do depending upon you know, where you're at with your training. And then the only other thing I would say here is making sure that your sleep routine is, is really dialed in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, sleep is how we recover in terms of not only physically, but mentally. Um, you cannot like your brain, basically the cells within your brain recycle themselves overnight and take out the trash per se. And they cannot do that if you are not sleeping adequately. And so this is where we get a lot of buildup of toxicity. We get a lot of buildup of, you know, heavy metal overload, like all of these things that can over time really start to take a toll on the body. Um, sleep is is so valuable. And I would say if you are not getting consistently seven to eight hours in bed, that is where you should shoot for. If you are getting like eight to 10 hours of sleep and you're still exhausted, you need to look into some type of testing working with someone because now we're looking into probably like an adrenal issue. Your body for some reason cannot recover itself. It's still exhausted. Um, there's some type of deficiency there going on. Um, if you literally, because of the stage of life you are in, you have maybe littles, whatever it is, they're not sleeping well, um, look into naps. During, like If you have the ability, take a 20 to 30 minute nap during the day. Like Try to somehow build up that sleep. Um, something that we also note, if you are very, very active, you will likely see a higher amount of deep, I'm sorry, deep sleep versus REM sleep. Um, you know, REM sleep is something that small children need a lot more of. It repairs more uh, mental during REM sleep makes sense why small children would need more of that. They need to develop their brains more in that young age. Um, and as you get older, you, you, you get less and less REM sleep and you get more and more deep sleep. That's kind of how the pattern goes. But I love the aura ring. I love the, um, I know some Fitbits do a really good job of this, like really great data. If you're a data driven person to see and correlate, I don't live and die by it, but sometimes I'm like, Hey, how was my sleep last night? I feel pretty rested. Does it correlate with like more REM sleep or more deep sleep or, you know, whatever it might be. Also females need more rest than males. <laughs> I'm, I need to say this like, and unfortunately I think with how um, evolution has occurred, we are the ones that don't get as much rest as males do. Um, but females need more rest because of how adrenals kind of serve a role with our hormones. So your adrenals serve a production site for part of your hormones in terms of your estrogen, especially after menopause, they are the main site of production for estrogen. Um, and so you need those to be functioning well. And if you are not getting enough sleep, it's pretty surefire that like you're not going to have great adrenal support. And so you need more sleep. I'm just going to put it out there. Most females probably are not getting enough sleep right now mm -hmm. and enough quality sleep. Yeah. And I think if you are a type A personality, you can deal with, you know, a night here or there without uh, enough sleep and you, you get through the day, but pay attention to with your routine, when do you feel your best? Like I know for me, I feel my best when my sleep routine is in check and that includes my morning routine. So like, even if I'm not getting extremely restful sleep, I find that again, if, unless it's multiple nights uh, back to back, I find that I feel better if I just get up at my normal time and then I just go throughout the day and then I'll get in bed a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. But like my wake time for me, I just like to stay in that routine because it just keeps my circadian rhythm, Yep. you know, and then yeah, you can nap during the day if you have to, the opportunity. So, or I would say just get into to bed earlier mm -hmm. um, if you can. So I think, you know, when we look at how you start to evaluate these things, I would have you kind of categorize where you feel your stresses 
mainly coming from. And I would look at, you know, nutrition. I would look at relationships. I would look at work. I would look at physical things like activity, you know, sleep, those types of things. And then I would start to write down specifically like, okay, for example, with nutrition, am I taking electrolytes? Yes. No. Is most of my, you know, food quality on par? Yes. No. Okay. What could I improve with my food? Am I eating enough? Right. Am I eating enough? Um, you know, are you getting a lot of colors? Are you getting these antioxidants in, um, you know, track your food. If you're not tracking your food, look and analyze where can I reduce the amount of maybe processed foods, especially inflammatory oils. Um, when we think about, you know, corn oil and soybean oil and vegetable oil and those types of things, how often am I going out to eat? That's a really easy one. Are you drinking enough water? Those types of things. So get really specific with that and then start to pick maybe one or two things from that category that you can improve. And do these things day to day. And then maybe some of the bigger overarching things that you're seeing in terms of trends with your stress. And I think too, for females, track this throughout the month, right? So when it comes to, let's say like training or emotions or just things that are kind of cyclical, maybe with your periods, just know, okay, hey, this is my shark week and I might need to adjust some things here. I might need to scale back on the things that I actually want to consume because I know that they're more inflammatory such as sugar or processed foods or, you know, crunch. Some people like the salt and things like that. Uh, And then, you know, same thing with your training around that time. If you feel really tired, Hey, when was the last time that I allowed myself to sleep instead of get up and go to the gym at five o'clock in the morning? Or when was the last time I allowed myself to adjust my programming and do yoga instead of an intense workout? So I think you have to look at these in buckets and then really get detailed and evaluate what are the things that are in your control. Things that are not in your control, for me, I have to mentally, mentally put them in that category. Yes, I wish that the situation would improve, but you know what? I can't handle my coworkers heaviness and their burdens. Mm. I can't carry their burdens for me, you know? And so maybe you tap into the spiritual side of things and you pray or you meditate or, you know, you find a way to release some of those heavy emotional things that you want to carry for other people because you care about them. Right. But we can't carry everybody's burdens. Um, and then I, the last thing I'm going to say here and Becca can weigh in on this too, is being really clear with your communication on what you need from the individual that you need it from, whether it's your boss, your coworker, your spouse, your children, you know, you have to be really, really clear. And then maybe you put some things in place where, Hey, you know, these are the commitments and you both sign and you date it. This is what we are are both committing to for the next six weeks and then evaluate, Mm -hmm. see how this is working for you. Is it working well? Are they following through with their part? And if they're not, and I'm just going to use a meal prep example here, because I think it's the easiest that comes to mind. If they said that they were going to help you with meal prep and they're not, then okay, your option B is that you've hired a meal prep service, right? But your first line of defense is to ask for help and support if they're not supportive of this meal prep service because it does, you know, mm-hmm. cost a little bit more. But then you at least have some ammo to come back with and say, well, hey, I asked for your help. I can't do all this by myself and you're not following through. So here's option B. Yeah. You know, absolutely. I, the book Boundaries that I've been reading talks a lot about why people do, like why you give to others, why you take on things. And it talks about if you are not getting joy from what you're doing, if you are not, you know, like you volunteer and that brings you joy, Mm -hmm. like you, you know, you, you help someone out and it brings you joy. If you're doing things and you're like resentful or you're frustrated or you're feeling really depleted, you have to look at why you're doing it. Like, are you doing it because you feel guilty if you don't? Are you doing it because you're lonely and so you're, you know, you're staying in a uh, one-sided relationship because you don't want to be lonely? Like, what are you doing and why? 
because if it's not bringing you happiness, you need to reevaluate and get out of it. Like I don't, I know plenty of people that do so much volunteer work or whatever it might be and they're miserable because they're doing it for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. And so you need to look at why, if you're that yes person, if you're the person that's always saying, yes, yes, of course I can help. Yes, yes, yes. Because you think it's the right thing to do, but you're exhausted and you're angry or you're depressed or whatever it is. Those things aren't helping you, even if it feels like the right thing to do. And so you need to be selfish. You need to have freedom first with yourself and then go and do those things. So they aren't a burden to you. And I think a lot of this too, we need to look at the mental piece of this. Like becoming more resilient to stress can come down to the mental part of it too. If you never purposefully, purposefully is the key word here. I'm not talking about like you end up in a stressful situation and that's, it wasn't an intent and like you're really uncomfortable. I'm talking about purposefully putting yourself in uncomfortable situations like cold showers, like hard workouts sometimes, like restricting yourself of a certain food that you enjoy, but you know, isn't great for you or alcohol or whatever it is. If you don't do those things regularly and basically resensitize your dopamine receptors and, you know, show yourself that you can do hard things, you are going to struggle with stress. Bottom line, you are not, you are not training yourself to handle stress. If you never purposefully put yourself in stressful situations, it is, it, stress is very mental, very much so mental, unless you truly have like tons of physical stressors on your body that need to be managed and reduced or removed. In general, I think a lot of stress does become mental because we just become this victim in our own lives. We become a passenger in our own lives. We are no longer in control. We are the ones that are hoping someone else will come save us. And so ask yourself, like, how often am I purposefully doing something that's uncomfortable for me? Mm-hmm. And that could be something that's not quote unquote stressful. That could be slowing down, meditating. Mm-hmm. That could be, you know, saying no and sitting and reading a book instead of going and trying to help, helping someone move out of their house. Like it could be calming the F down, which I think a lot of people need to do too. Mm-hmm. Shut your phone off, Instagram, news, whatever it is that you're consuming yeah. every day that's causing you to feel that rise in the tension or anxiety or the frustration. Um, And I would say whatever it is right now that you're thinking of that's coming to mind, as soon as you have a thought of that's too hard or I can't do that, that's the very thing that you should go after doing. And you should do it for 30 days, right? Give yourself 30 days. What would life be like if you did meditate for 10 minutes a day or you committed to deep breathing for five minutes a day or you, you know, set some timers on your social media and, you know, maybe even delete some apps. Some of my clients have said like, hey, lately I've just been deleting apps off my phone because whether it's a game or social media or whatever, they find themselves just wasting time doing these things. And for some people, you know, they say, well, that's my outlet. That's my time that I just decompress. Well, there's a lot of other ways that you can decompress without consuming a bunch of junk, right? Because no matter what you're scrolling, if it's Facebook, Twitter, social media, it doesn't matter. You're at some point going to be triggered by something. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just the reality of what we see today in in the world um, on social media. And so what else could you do? Could you play a game with your kids? Could you do a puzzle? Oh, I just did a puzzle this past weekend and my girlfriend was like, did you just randomly do a puzzle? I was like, yeah, I like puzzles. And I've ordered it off of, uh, Amazon and I did my 300 count puzzle. And the next one I'm going to do is 500. I, I, I drew. Did you see oh, my Grinch picture? I didn't. Oh, Carson's obsessed with the Grinch. And so yeah. he really wanted to, he's been getting into drawing more, which okay. I love because yeah. he like is usually scribble on the paper for two seconds and like I'm done. 
but he wanted to draw the Grinch, which turned into me drawing the Grinch and him like hovering over my shoulder while I did it. I was actually very impressed with myself. Yeah. I have no artistic abilities. I love drawing. drawing. I can draw off of like a picture. So I used like the picture of the Grinch to like kind of okay. off, go off. Anyways, it was very, you know, nice. Like yeah. it was fun. It was enjoyable. Adult coloring books are a thing for a reason. Like they're very therapeutic. And so again, what we're getting at here is that I think people's perception of what stress is and how to manage it is very off. Mm -hmm. Stress, a lot of people I talk to, they're like, I don't have stress in my life. Have like a to-do list with 80,000 things and that just becomes normal for them. Mm -hmm. You guys, that's unfortunately what is normal in society. It's not what's normal to our bodies. Our bodies will adapt, but guess what? They only adapt for so long. I have many, many examples of people that when they finally start to slow down, their body's now constantly getting sick. They're dealing with a lot of issues because when you're constantly stressed, your cortisol is running things for you and it will only run for so long. And so it's like essentially when's the breaking point going to happen? So you can either sit on a ticking time bomb or you can start to take control on how to de-escalate that situation and manage the stressors in your life and build resiliency to that stress by eating enough food of the right types of foods, by getting enough sleep consistently, by saying no to things sometimes more often, by doing the right type of exercise and knowing when too much is too much and when to scale back. Like Muscle mass in and of itself is very protective to the body. It's very anti-inflammatory in nature. It helps maintain weight very well because muscle is very active tissue. It is very metabolically active comparatively to fat, which is not very metabolically active. So at rest, you're just burning more calories. And it's just most like longevity wise, people that hold on to more muscle mass tend to have a longer lifespan and a healthier life. It's just what the research seems to show. And so we need to look at what we can do. And like Liz was saying, what you can't do and let go of those things because you can't change people as much as we want to. You can't change sometimes situations, especially like if they aren't really in your control or you have influence over them. And so you need to figure out how to move on from those or else they will control your life. Yeah. The other thing that we haven't talked about in a while, and we used to talk about this a couple of years ago on the podcast, that I think is still very, very valuable is doing an audit of your time and of your day. And, you know, if you are that person who says, like, I feel like I just can't keep up with it all, or I feel like I don't have time to work out or to meal prep or whatever it is, because you're letting other things that aren't emergencies, you know, fill up your time, such as laundry or cleaning or watching Netflix or just, again, whatever it might be that is sucking up your time, then do a time audit and do it for three, four days and look at how much time am I wasting essentially? And how could I shift time around to even, a lot of people will say that they you know, don't agree with multitasking. For me, I do in some ways, not like with your work, but one of my favorite things, I was just sharing this with a client earlier today, like Saturday morning, I like to get up at the same time that I normally do. I go to the gym a little bit later. So in that time that I you know, have the hour, I throw in a load of laundry. If I haven't already gotten my groceries, I think about what are we going to you know, get for the week. And I either place an online order or if I already have it in the house, then I'm looking at, okay, what can I throw in the Instant Pot? Right? Can I clean my kitchen while I have chicken going in the Instant Pot? Like, you can multitask a lot within your house or give yourself two, five to 10 minutes a day of cleaning here nor there to try to stay ahead of the laundry or cleaning the bathrooms or whatever it is. Um, because again, I think some people will say like, well, this day I just, I don't have time to go to the grocery store because that's like our house cleaning day. Well, if you broke that up a little bit over the week, 
you would have time to go do those things that you want to do, right? Or evaluate, like Becca said, how much are you saying yes to that you should delegate, that you should stop doing, that you should just say no to, um, or that you should ask for help with. So a time audit can be really, really uh, helpful here too. If you are looking for 15 minutes to an hour a day to get back for you to be able to do the things that you love and then time block your calendar uh, as well. So you audit and then you look at your calendar and you start to give every hour a job. Like, okay, I know for example, today from three 30 to four 30, that's my time that I'm going to be working on X, Y, and Z task, or I'm going to be going for a walk or I'm going to be at the gym, right? Schedule these things in and keep those appointments with yourself because what you're going to find on the flip side of all of this, you will become more resilient to stress. You're going to be much happier because you're doing the things that you need to, to fill your cup up. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, guys, you got to look at what you can control what you can't control and essentially how you can make yourself bulletproof and resilient to all these things that over time will start to break you down. They just, I mean, like it's a matter of when. And so if you are unhappy, if you're symptomatic, if you're dealing with things like that's the big thing that I would say to watch out for and be willing to watch out for. Cause I know, and I see this all the time, people that are high stress, high functioning individuals ignore, ignore how they're feeling. They push through because you have to, right? They ignore the fatigue and they push through with caffeine. They ignore the aches and pains, the waking up with like a little bit this, a little bit that. They they don't even realize that maybe like they had a day or two of constipation that's been consistent now for a couple of weeks or like loose stools or stomach aches or whatever it is. And they just push through because you have to, right? You gotta you gotta move on. You got you got kids to take care of, you got a job to do. And then unfortunately, so often it turns into something that you can't push through. It turns into debilitating fatigue. It turns into an autoimmune condition. It turns into something else because essentially the, and who knows what was actually triggered, but essentially the stressors became too much on the body. The body could no longer continue to adapt. And so it had to compensate in some way. And that's unfortunately where we see too many people. We see too many people reach that point and that's the point where they start to ask for help. And at that point, Things have gone too far. I'm not saying you can't start to reverse things, but they're a lot harder to reverse at that point than they were when you were just dealing with a little bit of tiredness and you know maybe a lot of stress on the body. So be smart to not let it get to that point. Be proactive in your own life. Again, take control. Be the driver. Do not be the passenger in your own life. We cannot be victims here. We need to take control because there is so much that you can take control of. It's just being willing to do so and purposefully diving into those things.